Hey y'all and welcome to another episode of the Getty Vision Death of the Podcast hosted by myself, Naturally Norte, and I'm Death Diva 21 on TikTok. That is where I give a few fun facts about um, Death Doula things, and then I come here and I do a podcast about it. So I'm going to hop right into it. I'm going to talk about embalming. Embalming is a process that preserves the body to keep it looking as natural as possible for visitation and funeral services. And it's also used when the body needs to be transported from to another state or by airplane. The body decomposes at a pretty quick rate after one passes away and a lot of things happen that are not so beautiful and you want to have this done as soon as possible to keep yourself or your family member looking as natural as, as, as possible. So the first thing that is done, um, the first step to embalming is washing the body with a disinfected soap to prevent the spread of germs. Now as a death doula, this is something that, that we help with. If the person has passed away at home, we can do it at the hospital too, but if the person has passed away at home, we can, we, can, uh, we can help clean the body or clean the body to prepare the body for the funeral home to come and get it. Because, you know, sometimes when people pass away, they don't want to go to the hospital. There's no need to go to the hospital because we're fully aware of the fact that this person is, is in their last days or they've passed away. So we contact the proper people and in the process, we clean the body to prevent the spread of germs. Um, so once the body gets over to the funeral home, they're going to clean it. They're going to clean it again. They're going to clean it again. Um, so what they do is they take a, about a 16 ounce of embalming fluid. It's put in a pump and it's diluted with two gallons of water. The, the fluid is injected into an artery, usually the femoral artery, which is in the thigh or the carotid artery that's in the neck. It goes into the heart and to the circulatory system and it pushes out the blood and replaces it and it leaves the body through the vein through a vein and that's usually the jugular vein they use various tools because sometimes there are blood clots and open veins you know as it's that thing they use the tools because sometimes during that process the blood clots or there's some other things that are going on and they need to clean they need to clean it so that so that the flow can be continued that can be continuous um so the blood and the body fluids go into um, it's, it's, it's like a toilet, I'm going to say, and it's flushed into a septic sewer and it's treated at a waste treatment plant. Now, if the person died from a contagious disease, the, the blood and the body fluid is first treated with disinfectant. Now, that's, it's a thing here to where um, sometimes the funeral director, they can have a special company come and pick up the waste so it could be treated differently than just Send it, sending it into the um, sewage system. Now, one thing that I found out that was very interesting is that due to privacy laws, even though the funeral home is treating his body, if the person died of a contagious disease, you know, hepatitis, AIDS, or anything else that's contagious, the funeral director cannot be told by the healthcare facility. But a lot of families are uh, kind enough to let them know that, you know, my family member suffer from this or this, whatever it was, you know, hepatitis, uh, HIV, whatever it was, something that was contagious. And it's, 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 um, it, it would be, it would be great to let them know that because, uh, the embalming process is very dangerous to the person that's doing it in the first place. And then having the person having a, a contagious disease just only makes it a little worse for that person. But, you know, by law, the health facility is not required to tell 
to tell the funeral home that was going on with this person's body. Um, so after embalming, they use the, you know, they do the makeup. They do, they make sure everything is done, you know, for you, for you to look, for you to look nice. Um, what they do is they also use, um, soft and hard waxes for restoration if there's been trauma to the body. So that's why sometimes the body may look a little waxy, you know, look like a, like I know people say like wax figures and things. It's because there may have been some kind of trauma to the body, whether doing, it may have been the cause of death or just in the transportation of the body, anything can happen. We know the body decomposes in, in such crazy ways. You know, you just never know what might happen. Um, so the length of time, um, that after the body has been decomposed, that the body will stay together, I'm going to say. So before the, because the body's going to decompose anyway. So embalming does not stop the, the decomposition of the body. It just keeps the body looking as natural as possible for a little while. But what it does is though, the, the time, the amount of time it lasts really depends on the thoroughness of the embalming, the age, the cause of death, the weight and a length of time between death and embalming. So the quicker you can be, the quicker you can be embalmed, the better it shows up, you know, when you're ha- when, when it's being done, if that makes any sense at all. Um, it's not meant to last long term. So um, there are different types of embalming. So you have to, when you're gonna donate your body to science, there is a different kind of chemical. Because you know you have to, you have your body has to last for a long time. So if 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 your body's gonna be worked on, um, if your body's gonna be worked on by medical students or whatever it's gonna be, it needs to be in in good condition. So that's that's um that's that's very important. Um, embalming is unique to only the United States and Canada. In Europe and stuff, they don't embalm people. That they don't embalm people. They just bury them. And that's also why um, a lot of other cultures, they don't have the body out as long as we do. We have the body. Some people's bodies are out up to 30 days or more uh, here in, in the United States. But other people, they bury their, they bury their people within 72 hours. So they, don't, they don't use embal- the embalming. Um, so embalming started being accepted around Civil War times. So there were so many soldiers that were being buried on the field but a lot of them were being sent home. So during that time, the embalmer had was a medic was was somebody that was a medic, and they would set up a tent, and the fluid was was um was put in by gravity, like it was like an IV, like somebody would hold it up, somebody would hold it up, and they would use formaldehyde and arsenic because arsenic is one of the most powerful preservatives. Arsenic is not used now because we you know it's very poisonous, so we don't use it now. But that, they used what they had. Um, because during the Civil War, they weren't trying to send your body home. You know, it was, it was low priority because they were fighting. So it would be like a month or so before the body would be able to make it home. And, you know, they, they would, the, the people were amazed that, because they didn't know about embalming. So everybody would be amazed that their family member, they were expecting the worst, but they were still looking fairly natural you know, in death by the time they got home a month, about a month after they did that. Now in the past, because I like to go back to that as a death doula, I just want to stress how the medical, uh, the medical community, I work for the medical community, of course, but we've pretty much taken over everything. But, you know, a long time ago, the women of the family would go, the women of the church and the people in your family, they would bathe and dress the body. 
you know, funerals were held at home. They weren't held at the church. So the the women of the women of the house or the women in the in the community, they would bathe and they would dress that body. And then they would go to the, the part. There was always somebody that made furniture in the town and they would go to them and they would get the coffin made. And so that's where the undertaker work. That's where the undertaker came from. Then they call him the undertaker. So he would undertake the um, how do I want to say it? He, he would he would undertake undertake the care of the body. That's what I'm going to say. Undertake the care of the body. That's what I'll say. Um, it was done at home, though. They did embalming at home until the 1930s. So so the undertaker, he would bring his buckets and his chemicals and a board. And so he would uh, put the cooling board suspended between two chairs in, in the parlor, which is the front room or your living room or whatever you want to call it these days. That's what he would do it. And so after that was done and everything was cleaned up, this is where the wake and the, and the viewing would take place at too in the in the front room. I think I said that on a one of my prior podcasts and maybe on TikTok of how um, people had their funerals in the house. Like the the body would the body would be in the front room and somebody would sleep. The last night that body was in the house, somebody would sleep there in the house with them, and then the next day they would have the funeral so that they would not sleep alone. That'd be the last night they slept alone. You know, just you know, just for symbolic just for symbolic reasons. Um, things have changed over the years, of course. Um, following tradition is not always easy. So it's, it's really, you know, it's, it's, it's really difficult. I just, I, times are very different. And I don't think that um, many people will want to, um, want to see their loved one be involved or go through the process that, go through the process that they would go through right now. So I also wanted to share, like I said before, I wanted to share about, um, the chemicals and stuff used for for the for the embalming process. Being a funeral working in a funeral home and some of the jobs are very dangerous because you know um, the embalming fluid it contains formaldehyde, phenol, methanol, and glycerin. So um, formaldehyde is a carcinogen, which means that it causes cancer. And if you're exposed to it in high concentrations or constantly, you know, you can definitely, um, you can, you can, de- you can definitely have cancer from that. Envi- they call it environmental cancer. Um, then you also have, um, or will it, well, it also, ir- it can irritate the eyes, the nose, and the throat. Now phenol, it can irritate or burn the flesh. So you can be trying to use it and they can have they can have chemical burns from that. And it's toxic. It's, it's ingested. I don't know why anybody would be ingesting it, but, you know, it's, it's toxic if ingested. The methyl alcohol and glycerin, it irritates the eyes and nose and the throat, too. So that's just something to think about. It's not that easy, you know, because we leave it in the hands of the funeral director. I know everybody's just starting everything, but I think that people may think it's an easy process. It's not. It's, it's a very... Um, the, the process of embalming is not hard, but the risk and things are ve- the risks and things are very high. And just to think that uh, there was a time where people in the family and people at the church, they, they could come and they can do all of that at one time. It's just simply amazing. And I feel like hopefully we can get back to taking care of our family members. But if not, we have people around like myself, the death doulas to come in and help to come in and help as much as possible to ease some of the burden and things that are going on, going going on during that time for you. And um, I also 
this is a this is all that I have for this is all I have for embalming today. But I just want to stress to you all that it's very important that you get your affairs in order because we are living in times that people are passing away at, a, at the drop of a hat and nobody has their stuff in order. And we need to have our things in order. Let our families know that we aren't feeling well. If we do have something going on, we have to let somebody know. So because it's, it's, it's horrible enough to lose a family member, but it's even worse when when you could when you could when when you could have been assistance been of assistance to them and you just didn't know so i think that myself as a death doula i want to focus more on the teaching and understanding to help make death normal because it because it it actually is you know everything that is born will die it doesn't matter from from your roses you know your roses bloom and then and then they die you know um your pets, everything. Like there's nothing, you know, there, there's 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 nothing that is permanent. Everything is temporary. And it's my goal to try to make these things that seem uncomfortable, more comfortable for you. And to hopefully create a dialogue with me or with yourself or with your loved ones so we can communicate what we want, just like we communicate what we want for um, events like birthdays and baby showers and things we still need to focus on that part of life as well that is it for me today and I will be back again may the ancestors best you accordingly <laughs>